and all the while surrounding ourselves with phenomenal people and consistently doing that. And so that became a footing for everything else. You know, that business was solving problems with technology and I love that. I'm always been, I've always been about problem solving. What are we talking about on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast? We're talking about business, specifically your business. Is it growing or are you stuck? How painful is that growth? Is it running you or are you running it? Are you working in your business or on your business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to grow your damn business. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. I'm your host, Scott Goodrich. And for the first time on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, I'm joined by a fellow EOS implementer from down under. Welcome, Dan Williams. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you for having me, Scott. What a privilege. I know you're, you're breaking the seal here of uh, bringing on some of my colleagues along the way. So we really do appreciate you doing this. Uh, Dan, you were a supplementer for about six years, but also the founder of Without Fear. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about Without Fear first, then we can talk about your journey to EOS as well, but we'd love to hear about that just to get things started. Yeah, sure. So yeah, yeah. thanks for having me on. And you know, I'd love to be able to touch on both. But you know, starting with Without Fear, it's a what we call a social enterprise that is uh, exists to create awareness about mental health and mental health issues and tackling fear as the barrier for people you know, getting help and speaking up. Uh, so we, yeah. we generate profit. Uh, as a business, we are a for-profit business, but we give away 100% of the profits to um, help people and projects uh, that are uh, mental health oriented, which is a great privilege and a real passion of mine. So Dan, an interesting here, and I, I, I just follow you and, and I'm saying no one another and, and just checking out your post, but in Australia, the acceptance just around mental health, I think it's undergoing its own transformation here in the US. And I think people are speaking more openly about it, particularly in more, more recent years. How is that received? What's it like in Australia? I, you know, c- cultural challenges that you have? Is this uh, been a taboo topic? You know, talk a little bit about how you've been able to introduce this um, and really gained some traction, since we like that word, with uh, with this concept and this idea in Australia. Yeah, so it's still this significant stigma surrounding uh, mental health and a reluctance to speak up. Uh, there's a real sort of stoic Australian attitude that, you know, she'll be right is kind of the yeah. catch okay. cry. And, yeah. and uh, she won't be right if we don't talk about it. And, okay. Um, so I, I find I do talks predominantly, uh, create content and, and come on wonderful shows like this and spread the word. And I'm, I'm still met with quite a lot of resistance. Uh, and the heartwarming thing is there are, there are enough people now that are leading a charge of change. And, uh, but yeah, we still need to sort of crack that hard out of shell, uh, particularly men uh, in this country, but definitely not isolated to men. Yeah. And if you had any reach in the U.S., I know uh, some of my peers are, are helping you out and sharing the uh, the swag, and, and uh, so I've seen that around. But have you been able to reach into other markets beyond Australia? I know you tried to do that. Yeah, mainly through the help of the uh, the peer network that is the EOS right. Worldwide community. Yeah, they, yeah. For a while there, I was shipping more without fear apparel uh, abroad to the U.S. than I was locally, which was every time I did that, I would just had a big smile on my face. It's mainly sort of more one-to-one intimate connection around the topic of mental health with, okay. you know, with, our, with our colleagues, which is great. 
I intend on doing more deliberate uh, stuff outside of Australia and when I travel to the US more, I'm looking for opportunities to speak as well, uh, just to bring a different voice. Yeah, I agree. That I think there's a, just a more receptive to the, the whole conversation. You know, you certainly heard about it even in the last uh, go-round with the Olympics, several athletes going through that, sharing it, seen it on, on in some of the major sports, you know, anyway, soccer on the tennis side. So you're starting to see it become something that folks are, are willing to talk about. And, and I think that's really helpful when you get some of those higher profile figures just willing to share their, their story. It gives just a little more credibility, a little more, it's okay to, to have that type of conversation. So Yeah, you're right. And every time that happens, it just becomes a little bit easier and gives another point of sure. connection and reference for people. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks Thanks for jumping into that. And it's a, it's a topic that I, I'm interested in and, and I have been following. So thanks for sharing it. Let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit. You know, everyone that that starts their journey in uh, as an EOS owner has has a story, and 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 the story does go back to uh, entrepreneurial endeavors. You know, can be as far back as, as being a kid. And I always love to hear from any entrepreneur that I talk to. You know, what started it? When when did it get going? And and what was your first entrepreneurial venture um, that that sort of wet your whistle a little bit? Now spend all your time talking to folks trying to start up businesses or build businesses. Yeah, so there were there were almost like a there was a little ecosystem. I'm a I'm a nine quick start, so okay. I have had quite a few things. I didn't have that language of cult, thanks to Colby until you know yeah. six years ago. But I was a I was a paper boy, age ten, and had a, a BMX in a very hilly area, and I would strap what we call milk crates. I don't know if you got you guys have them over oh, yeah. there for the front. I was, and- I was a paper boy as well. I say that, and and folks, you know, it's that's many moons ago. There's you know, it's but. I'd yeah, put, put it on the back of the bike and uh, go up and down the hills and yeah, <laughs> drop and newspapers up. That really taught me enterprise. So okay, yeah, you know, I started earning money and then you know I I, I loved this. Actually, never really spent it, but I loved earning it. Uh, and then I started you know things like mowing people's lawns in the street yep. uh, for like ten dollars, um, <laughs> which you'd be paying like fifty an hour for that now. <laughs> and I know, um, I know. You know, and then I, I had a I had a real knack for pulling things apart and putting them back together, and and I started building PCs for people, uh, friends oh, wow. and family, and then selling them, and I became really um, drawn into the world of technology, and that was really what started it for me. I had lots of enterprise, and I was I was wasn't very good at business because I rarely sold anything for a profit. It was more than just <laughs> the thrill of creating and selling. You, you had you had revenue at least, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. I had the vanity metric yeah. under control. That's right. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned uh, mowing lawns. So I too, I, we we had, we share a similar story there as well. I just interviewed a gentleman. Uh, uh, episode was released. Uh, so we're recording here in October for a little bit later release for your episode. But he, uh, his name is Brian Clayton. He did the same thing, but then he just kept doing it and and created it into a multi-million dollar business. So he took his neighborhood long mowing and just stayed after. He said, this is working and built it and built it and moved it into commercial. And, and now he's created an app for people. Wow. For, he calls it Uber for lawn service. So if you just need something quick, you go on there, you request a lawn service company. So I love so it. He's had a couple of endeavors, but he but he took this idea that you and I are talking about and what just just rode with it. He said, "Look, I'm, I'm I never expected to be cutting grass, but here I am, and I'm making money doing it, and yeah, and getting up there, did it all through college, and then and then made it a multi million dollar industry. Pretty crazy. Well, often when I've had a rough day, I will come home and I'll say, you know what, I'm just going to mow lawns. Let's mow the lawn. I don't, I don't need I don't need all these other things in my life. I'm just going to mow. <laughs> 
So maybe I should it's franchise your, that from him. It's, it's your chance for that. Uh, we, we should somehow tie the 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 joy of that, uh, the clarity break that comes with it, just to get your own space and also, you know, get it getting something done as well. So, so Dan, you're doing these things for revenue, maybe not necessarily for profit. What was there a model there within your your family that that you you followed, or so so where does it, where does it come from, right? Because not every kid is doing this. You and I shared it, but that's not. It's not the norm, yeah, I don't think. It was more like an ethic, work ethic, really, rather than the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. part. I think okay. um, my sister, who is also an EOS implementer, and I uh, were really different as well. Um, I was enterprising, entrepreneurial, and she was the student and okay. uh, very studied hard. And I, yeah. I was doing everything I could to not be at school. So, <laughs> uh, And my parents were just really working class. You know, Effectively, both of them had two jobs, uh, their day job, and then they'd do things in the evening to earn money. Like my, my father was a mechanic. He'd be servicing cars and the like, and my mom would have a, a second job just to uh, make ends meet. Um, so I, I didn't really. And it was, it was kind of, I think, I, I went to school and grew up in a, a really multicultural area and the area that sure. I lived in was one of the sort of uh, areas where we had like waves of immigration where Greeks and Italians would, would came to Australia and and then more recently, um, you know, folks from the Middle East, Iran, Iraq, Lebanon, and they were quite enterprising. They had to come yeah. to Australia and just work something out, you know. And sure very rarely could get a job so they started a business and so that a lot of that was happening around me and i think the work ethic met that entrepreneurial fire um, yeah and it kind of helped that i wasn't much of a student at school and i didn't really i loved what we call like primary school elementary school i loved it it was just social mm-hmm. and we play a lot of sport and uh and then it got serious in high school and then i, I just wandered and it just gave me an opportunity i think to start to think about what I wanted to do. Yeah. So it was a good footing for that. Yeah. So was the was the first for profit work that you did, the 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 technology side you're talking about, the the knack for for pulling things apart, seeing another word putting was that was sort of the first real business that was, hey, there's actually some you know, I'm gonna make more money than I'm <laughs> investing in doing this. The the first for profit enterprise, if you will. Yeah, it was. And I would build yep. PCs, the cost of um, parts and components became cheaper and and I would do that in, in high school. And, you know, getting towards the end of high school, I realized that uh, I probably wasn't gonna go to university. So I, I, I looked at that industry technology, you know, late nineties was, was booming. Um, and so I, that was where I really got my first experience working for an entrepreneur, you know, not long. I had a couple of sort of technology jobs outside of, you know, after high school, <laughs> big, big companies like Hewlett Packard and the like, and then, yeah. um, ended up working for a small it service provider. Um, there was, there was literally three of us and that's where everything sort of, uh, was all was like, it was in this big pot and it had been stirring around and now it started to sort of turn into a, you know, something that was palatable. <laughs> so yeah. 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 And well, it starts to bring that together, right? Cause you are doing every, I mean, three person job, although, so we didn't have the fat, right? You said you joined that organization, but all of a sudden you're getting the sense of that when you got that small, small little group of group of folks, you end up really getting a sense of what the, what it takes to to start something and what what the what a founder goes through uh, as he or she's building something. Yeah. And I, I dabbled myself and <laughs> now long now no longer had the responsibility of being the business owner. I was working for someone else. And then ironically, 
I quickly became an owner in that business. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't help yourself. It just yeah, is. It's, it, yeah. it's there. You know, yeah. G, we, I've had this conversation with a few folks that Gino's got a quote. Um, it's something I saw him do recently. Gino Wickman, the, the founder of EOS and the, and the author of Traction and a bunch of other things. But, you know, our entrepreneurs born are made. Um, and uh, I don't know where you fall on this. You know, Gino firmly falls on that they're born, that there's yeah. a, just a unique. It's in your DNA, unique makeup that makes someone willing to withstand all that comes with running your own business and the, and all the ups and downs of that. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts of that? Have you ever thought about that or, or talked to yeah. you about that? Yeah, I I um I often because I didn't have a lot of points of reference that are that were obvious to me as I was growing up. I used to think maybe it was something that I had um had sort of made. Yeah, it wasn't okay. until very, very recently, uh, actually after hearing Gino speak in Dallas, uh, he <laughs> talks about the book Driven. And so I quickly bought it and read it. And when I started to understand the genetic predisposition of driven people, the D2, D4, I thought, actually, this is, this is genetic. And the concept of being born that way became a reality for me. It, it suddenly came home. Uh, so I, I definitely think that, and even my sister uh, Renee Russo in Canada, she um, she's re- only recently discovered that, probably through giving herself permission to unearth her entrepreneurial fire. And I think we're both born that way. So yeah, you have to take that. It was a bad when you when you go down that way, and that there is a, a certain makeup for it, and you're going to be challenged. Um, but it is it is interesting how folks who are predisposed to do that find their way back. To, they keep they just keep taking on challenges they they they, they can't stop it right and, and even when it goes sideways or, or you know falls apart they're right back right back in the in the, in the seat if you will or jump right back on the horse and are doing it again so that's where that makeup part it just it yeah. can get turned down right so you were a, an employee for a while there but it it always comes back right in the last 20 years I've founded or co-founded six or seven companies and right. you know and some of them are like stayed small deliberately small and like passion projects and uh, others you know have grown significantly and become something that it was saleable and sold and exit and i've kind of experienced the whole life cycle uh and what it has given me is an appreciation of the importance of doing things right and and yeah. Uh, and like I'm, I'm naturally sort of entrepreneurial, visionary sort of person. And I quite often, as an EOS implementer, I'm standing in this room behind me, and people say to me, "How, well, how can you be an EOS implementer where it's effectively the same playbook most days?" And I say, "It's because I have a playbook, and yeah. that gives me grounding, and I know that I know it well. You know, you know, I'm still learning on my path to mastery, but I've done 500, 510 or so." EOS sessions as of today and uh, as a result my trust builds and I just I just show up and I get to help other people yeah. and I'm in a room with entrepreneurs and visionary types and D2, D4s um, there's, there's a teaser for people to read the book to learn what those two things are <laughs> uh, yeah but, but I think your your description of it, I, I think, does does reveal that. Mother, congratulations on, on crossing the the five hundred mark. Uh, you're well well down your path beyond what I when I have uh, just uh, getting rolling on here. But uh, it uh, is uh, there's plenty of time. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's I I do love what EOS provides in, in terms of that playbook. I come at it from a, a different way, so I would say that my background is on the integrator 
side of things. So, uh, you know, you've got, you're, you're the guy with the ideas and, and you know, I'm the guy that gets stuff done, guys. When I, you know, kind of got used to getting called through my career, but I was always on the operations side as an employee and, and you know, just looking for that process, looking for how to drive that efficiency and, and handling the people, leadership and stuff that that's just what's the stuff that hit me um, and where my, where my career went. Uh, but uh, finding my way back to now, okay, running a couple of companies uh, simultaneously, like, okay, you got to put that other hat on uh, from time to time as well. You, you yeah. can't avoid it if you're going to be running the company, at least at the beginning. Yeah, uh, I'm so eternally grateful for integrators so much so that I co-founded a fractional integrator firm. Did and you? we're and, so yeah. passionate about so independent executives, just so passionate about finding and elevating integrators because that's really when i look back over my the most successful endeavors have always been when i've had a great integrator and you know that's just i don't i don't i i'm under no illusion that i wouldn't have achieved anywhere near what i would have without great integrators around me i know the number that gets quoted i I, you found it to hold true that there's approximately four visionaries for every one integrator is that that hold true in your um experience as well I'd say that that's trying to be kind. I'd say it's probably okay. <laughs> our, our more dramatic ratio. Okay, right. Uh, and when you, the deeper your understanding of what an integrator is, the greater the ratio. So I, I, I often say it's at least 10 to 1 uh, uh, because it's far more difficult, takes far more discipline to be a great integrator than it is to be the, the idea generating visionary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a tough gig, right? I mean, there, there's just no, no doubt about it for those that do it well. And there's some some great folks out there that are do, that are doing it here in the states. I'm sure you've met them. But you know, there's a couple of farms that have been developed. I know EOS is really pushing to try to to up the game of integrators through some mastery work they're doing. And there's some other firms that that are out there. But it's it's not for the faint of heart. And uh, it, it, uh, what do we say? It can also be be awfully lonely in in that particular seat there when when everything's coming through you or to you along the along the way to keep things running. So I'd love to just talk about on, on these various companies that, that you've edited. Some have have may have been um, purposefully small. Did, didn't want to grow them. Where, where others you you've, you've tried to to grow them and grow them aggressively. I'd love to play both ends of the spectrum. If you've got an example for each, so I'll always start with what's going well, right? And the good. So you, from, from just what what you've started and the, and the companies that you've got, would you point to one where you say that this is really this is the success, right? This is the thing that I set out to do and it, it became what I thought or even something greater than that. You know, which, which one of your endeavors would you point to falls on that side of the spectrum and that maybe we'll turn it around uh, to, to the other side as well. Yeah. So it was the, it was the IT business. You know, we, <laughs> we grew it for, you know, from a small sort of accidental business. And I say accidental because there was no method to our success. It was, it was accidental, incidental success, you know, riding waves of technology and then until one day we didn't. And, you know, it was actually um, EOS that saved that business and then it became this thing that everyone wanted to be a part of. And culturally, uh, from a client, you know, perspective, client interest, and that business went from, you know, three or four guys through to, you know, almost 100 people modest revenue through to, you know, close to 25 million, um, annual recurring revenue and, and all the while surrounding ourselves with phenomenal people and consistently doing that. And so that, that became, 
a footing for everything else. And you know that business was solving problems with technology, and I love that. And I'm always been I've always been about problem solving. And so I exited and sold, um, exited that business, and then sold and to focus on building my EOS practice. But during that time, I'd built a uh, an advisory business uh, advising um, small businesses which kind of made it a natural progression into being an EOS implementer. For sure, yeah. But I've also, you know, the fractionally integrated business, I've got an e-commerce advisory as well. The e-commerce advisory business was, you know, born in COVID uh, because there were so many people who were out of work or they had been had received a payout because they, you know, been laid off and there was all these e-commerce businesses starting up and we thought oh, we can help a mate of mine and I thought we can help them yeah. just by giving them some rigor and we, um, you know, won a, uh, a significant account and, you know, that business has stayed small because it's solving problems and it's doing it well. Uh, it's yeah. profitable and it's fun and it's employing people. So it's kind of everything there where for me, it's about the problem solving. It's not about it being, you know, it's not about it actually being uh, super lucrative. But EOS practice is a is a is a profitable business. You know that's that's where mm-hmm. I get to leverage all my experience. But I've, so you I, said EOS came and, and really helped save that that the business that you're for that that you were growing. Um, were you did you read the book and self implement? So you know, or were there implementers that were already in Australia? Um, I always yeah. get the sense that you were one of the first. So, I, but I, yet I don't know all of the the history there. So, it's, it's just tell me how EOS came to came to that business and came to you. You couldn't even buy traction in this country. So yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, you know, Gino unashamedly uh, had no real intention to take it anywhere outside of the US. <laughs> it wasn't EOS worldwide when it was right. <laughs> no, although I did learn recently that it became EOS worldwide because many years ago there was an implementer in Pakistan. Yeah, okay. so that's some interesting trivia. Not a lot of people know. I did not. I did not know that. So yeah, one of my great mates, uh, long-term friend Daniel Davis, brought EOS to Australia. And, okay. Uh, I used to say my company was the first to implement uh, EOS, but I, I've, I've since learned he was telling all his early clients that. It <laughs> <laughs> was a little, there's a little marketing strategy yeah, there. Being the yeah. first to, to bring this in, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so we were going to the yeah. wall, like profit-wise. We were uh, talent was expensive, profit was diminishing, uh, and he contacted me one day and my business partner and said. I've read this book, Traction. I've been to boot camp. You know, I'm becoming an EOS implementer, and you need to hear all about it. Doing this 90 minute meeting, yeah, and we did it on Zoom, and it was really awkward. And like this was, you know, this was eight years ago or so. Um, yeah, and uh, seven or eight years ago, and we just said, look, Daniel, we're doing pretty whatever you whatever you say. <laughs> so we were all in, <laughs> uh, and we implemented it. The greatest answer to the to the ninety minute meeting, whatever. Just tell us what we need to do better, right? What <laughs> for those outcomes yeah. when you have the yeah. chance to talk to someone? That's and great. And so I've only ever experienced it. I had only ever experienced it with an implementer, and okay. uh, I'm grateful for that because it made me realize that's what I wanted to do. Uh, yeah. I fell out of love with technology. I just loved the business that I'd go in and see clients, and I'd spend all my time talking about their business and not yeah. about the technology. So. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, I think you hit on it. Right? The problem-solving aspect of it, if if you're if you have that passion and, and around that and, and providing that for others, right? And and you're still doing that today, right? With with with, yeah. with where we started, 
this conversation with without fear. That that's there. That's what we're talking about, and and the message that we try to get across with EOS, and and it, and it sometimes can be tough for folks to hear that or, or to, to to get really understand what we're talking about. We're talking about are you running on EOS and, and how it it it's going to solve problems beyond what you even think your problems are today. Yeah. And that that, yeah. that message and and being able to kind of get over get over that. Oh, this is just another thing. Well, if okay. done right, it's not just another thing; it's the thing, <laughs> and, yeah. and and it's and it's beyond that. Um, yeah, how has you know from there? And it sounds like you moved actually relatively quickly after doing the implementation with your company to to jump yeah. in. Um, how has it grown for you? And, and as you've seen it become more, it is in the conversation. It is in the language to to business owners as you talk and move around and speak with them. Or is, is it becoming more familiar for the business community there in Melbourne, where you are, and 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 other points in, in Australia? Yeah, absolutely, it is and. I, th- I think um, groups like EO and YPO uh, for that um, yeah. really spreading the word, and we we, we don't have all of the same um, support um, as as our colleagues in in North America. So we have to do a lot of it ourselves. We still support <laughs> it, so the community does come together, and and we've created a bit of a multiplier effect. The more people talking about it, and and it's definitely becoming something that people know about. They still call it EOS to begin with. <laughs> yeah, get that. Yeah, you know, get that every yeah. now and then. There's or actually a, yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a gym out here that actually is also EOS that I'm I'm constantly when I'm sharing it. It's like okay, and it's a it's a franchise for a for a, for a gym membership. So yeah, this yeah. Can it's always do more marketing. Can always do no more name recognition. Right? You know, that that battle will always, that will be ongoing forever and ever. And I, I think we we it's all agree an easy that bridge to cross. And you know, it's becoming right. more common. And and I really enjoy that. Like I, I get pretty regular interest through LinkedIn, where people are saying to me, oh, "A friend of mine gave me a copy of Traction," or uh, "I heard about this at an event or an EO thing," and I'd love to talk to you. And uh, and that's really rewarding. I love that. And yeah. that's, that's, that's hope that that continues to build and grow. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing that. Yeah. Sure. How many implementers are we up to in Australia these days? So there are 31 in APAC. Okay. Um, majority of those 24, 25 of those are in Australia. We have, right. we have three in New Zealand, uh, two in Japan and two in the Philippines as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Australia, right. uh, you know, is we're really spread out here. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot uh, of ground we, to cover with just uh, 24, 25. That's a lot of ground yeah, to cover. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of runway yeah. to go. Yeah, <laughs> for, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, we talked about the successes of that one business. I, I and always look that no successes don't come without the challenges, the, the those those areas. Call it hitting the ceiling. Call, call it the struggle. Whatever you want to call it in there. So. Maybe share a story about there. It could be within even a business that's successful today that you had to overcome something, or, or was there a business that did make it since and you've had so many swings, so to speak, yeah. at, at, at the opportunity? Yeah, to this day, I haven't had one that has has failed, mainly, then, mainly because I don't give up. Right. <laughs> I never give up. Uh, right. I never say die. Um, uh, I've had, we've had some that have hit ceilings, and it's generally been. It, uh, oversimplifying probably just it comes down to right people right seat and yeah, doesn't uh, always consistently I mean, seems, yeah. you know like the we've got the five leadership abilities that we talk about you know the, yeah. the inevitability of hitting the ceiling it for me it's generally been a talent ceiling and 
that's you know being being visionary type uh low follow through high quick start i i'm really good at starting things and i'm really good at getting people interested in things uh and so i need to know that and surround myself with people that are going to get it to done yeah. uh and uh an ability a lack of ability to do that in, in one of the businesses in particular maybe two if i'm honest um right. slowed the growth or meant that that ceiling i had to accept that's where that ceiling was for a time because you know, we say in, as eos implementers that our time is our inventory yeah and you know i need to be realistic about you know balance because i have two young kids and you know i have you know other pursuits other passions and i need time for those and i need Right. And I need to make that sure that I do that because in my IT business, I didn't always have that time. In fact, I ran myself to the ground ah. more times than I care to remember. So I will never do that again. Uh, so sometimes I have to accept that's where that is. Yeah. And, and maybe we're just going to bring this all together with, with that concept. Um, that is something that we really try to share with with folks that are considering EOS, uh, even regardless of the stage, they they've read the book, they they've participated in, in a ninety minute meeting to get the the overview. How it will improve that that time and that allocation of the of their day. So, because you mentioned it, right? You were running yourself into the ground building that business uh, and and getting its growth, and that EOS came in. Can you point to one or two things where you really got time back, where where things got easier as you went through the journey? to bring us to that business and uh, yeah. re- really get it to where you could get your arms around it. Yeah. So, you know, the, the simplicity of it, you know, if you read the e-myth, then you know the extent of the pain that entrepreneurs yeah. and business owners can go through. And so the simplicity of the, the, the tools in general, uh, you know, I don't want to, I'll come back to more specific, but just meant that we, I'm very practical. I didn't have to go and study and then implement, study and implement. You're implementing from yeah. day one. Right. And, and all the things that you knew you needed. And I would always get insecure about my ability to do. So some so two two major things for me. Like I never really had issues with the clarity of vision. I, in fact, I probably disproportionately spent a lot of time on the vision and, yeah. and I didn't have the execution. And the two things for me that stand out the most are data uh, and people. And I, in the IT industry in particular, you can measure everything, ins and outs of everything, anything that goes beep, you can measure it. Right. Um, And that doesn't mean you should. So just keeping a track of the right numbers and simplifying it. And that gave me peace of mind as a young entrepreneur. I was 21 when I started in that business. Yeah. You know, I didn't know I was, you know, I was still wet behind the ears. (laughs) And, um, And so I never really learned all about those things or self-taught what were the most important numbers and so that that's might be might be really obvious but it wasn't to me <laughs> well it, it's that that to me there we, we say it you, you we live it we, we know it it's it is actually mostly obvious stuff like it's there there are no surprises we we, we, we say the words right you're not going to swallow yeah. a pill and there's no there's nothing magical about what's happening there it is the application the discipline to, yeah. to follow through on, on the, those things. So yeah, we yeah. say, oh, have a scorecard. Well, no, I already have a scorecard. Yeah. You know, have a scorecard that actually reflects what matters we get right? right? That that yeah. Simple, yeah. right? But not easy because right, how many companies struggle to get that right scorecard? Oh, I can't I can't measure this. Yeah. Okay. That is it important. Like get and, and exactly. having just that conversation. Scorecards are simple. 
until you actually try to use a scorecard on a weekly basis to figure out if you're doing the right activities. And it always it always comes to the ground for me with you need to yeah. inspect what you expect. And, and and the irony is that I was so bad at scorecards that it's probably one of my strengths in teaching now. I'm really yeah. good at teaching scorecard. Um, no, nothing better than sharing what didn't work for you to, yeah. to get you better at it. You, you know, my little small business that my wife and I run, we had some some real right people right seat issues, and, and most specifically, we had wrong people right seat, which, as yeah. you know, is is the dangerous side of that equation. And uh, I'm getting really good at sharing that with my clients when when I have it because I can give you firsthand what that looks like when you let it go. Uh, so yeah, I think from those. Where you have the challenges and, and businesses that you're running, that makes you that much better when you're sharing it with others. Absolutely. And, and, and that was absolutely the second most powerful thing was people. And yeah, you know, that that realization in the focus day, which is the first day in the process, um, that I was actually technically the integrator in the business. And we had a person that was hired as a sort of uh, executive assistant, office manager, was actually the integrator and that was like that you know straight away uh in the focus day i was released and then we we took that that methodology through the business and realized we had lots of people in the wrong seats and we had lots of people that were the right people in the wrong seats and then we had to love and let go um and you know that was incredible uh turnaround and we won awards you know great place to work and things like that on the back of channeling everyone in the right direction yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Great. Uh, thank you so much for, for sharing it. Once again, congrats on, on where you are on on multiple fronts with uh, with what's going on. So let, let's just talk a little bit what's next before we wrap things up here. So obviously you got a lot of things going on. Um, what how are you sort of rank ordering how you're spending your time? What do you, what do you see as the go forward as a visionary for uh, several different? Uh, organizations you've got going right now so how is that balance and and where do you, you find yourself leading to and spending yeah, more time so i'm 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 as passionate as ever about my eos practice and i'll keep on keeping on there and continuing that mastery and just making sure i'm working with people that i love uh and i do bring a real mental health focus and flavor to the way i implement and focus on people actually getting what they want from their life as well um just through the tools, nothing, nothing added as, and, you know, so that allows me to fill that cup, um, for, through my two other, you know, more significant time investments of the fractional integrator business, which is kind of fed through my passion for people getting what they want from their business and without fear in help in helping people to get what they want from their life. And, you know, I'm so passionate uh, about, uh, inspiring conversations around mental health and, you know, business owners and business leaders are like high performance athletes and and they if they don't take care of themselves, then they lose their game and they lose their game and they quite often feel like they've lost themselves. So I'm really passionate about having the conversations upstream of those problems and helping people to normalize the conversation. And I see it every day. My all three of those worlds come together every day. Uh, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, without fear, we'll continue to grow as as uh, we our reach extends. Uh, and it's like, you know, I do have two cups here, but I won't risk spilling them. It's like one one cup spills the other, and yeah, <laughs> um, the other. right. And right. I'm, I'm so right. passionate <laughs> about each of those. They create this ecosystem that is 
symbiotic and and equally important and you know i feel like if every time i enter the session room i'm able to show up fully uh and as a as a result the 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 multiplier effect of the work that i have the privilege of doing um just keeps to increase uh and and the, yeah. the well it's, it's it's great work i very much admired him. i really appreciate your was to come out and share, as as I mentioned, it's uh, it's a great follow. It's always something to take from it. You do a great job just posting and, and seeing it. It gives you a little charge when you see it, and it's simple and it's quick and to the point. But it's really really helpful reminders uh, for folks. So we'll give folks a chance to to follow you here before we wrap up. Um, but yeah, re- really powerful. And uh, thank you so much for for sharing all that you did. Um, before we do let you point folks in the right direction, I would like to just let the audience get a chance to know you a little better. So I got five fast questions for you. Uh, having nothing to do with anything, but we'll get to learn a little bit more about Dan. So, so Dan, uh, do you have a favorite sports team Correct. That, yeah, that you follow? And I don't know. Well, hopefully you'll get some Australian followers soon off the back of this, if you don't already. So yeah. there is a team called the Essendon Bombers. <laughs> uh, they're a tragic okay. team. We haven't won anything for a long time. It's Australian football. Yeah. Yeah. Australian Rose football, which is a fun watch for those who have not had the chance to do it, but it is, it is a great watch. So yeah, they're beautiful, beautiful. Um, what would you eat if it was your final meal? So it's, it's that last yeah, guilt-free I had this meal. conversation with my kids, which sounds a little bit morbid, but I had the conversation with them recently. And for me, <laughs> I'm really simple, a really nice lean cut of steak, like an eye fillet, uh, mashed potatoes, yeah. broccoli, and peas. It's perfect. There's nothing wrong with that. that. So, uh, do you have a dream vacation spot? Uh, that maybe you would like to get back to, or that you, that you've never been to, but uh, yeah, dream vacation. So I, I love uh, holidaying in Hawaii, and uh, mm. it was probably my dream location for a long time. I've been there about five or six times now, so I'll stick with that. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Um, do you have a favorite movie that you like to rewatch? Um, that that uh, kind of go back to time yeah, again. Yeah, make some people giggle uh it's shrek i love there's, shrek there's nothing wrong with shrek that's like, fantastic you know, like the analogy <laughs> shrek got, uses that movie is like an onion yeah there are so many layers <laughs> it's, it's good stuff it's really good stuff uh yeah love it love it and then uh lastly but most importantly do you have a, a favorite quote or piece of advice that you continue to turn back to or go to and i know i know you share quite a bit but is there anyone that really resonates that you'd like to share yeah yeah there's a lot um one that I've been bringing all of my worlds together uh, recently uh, is uh, is something by Jim Quick, uh, author of Limitless. That is to make the most important thing the most important thing. Great, that's a great one. Yep, here we go. That's a great one. Dan, it's been awesome, and I and I appreciate it. So great to have you have you join us here from worlds away, and uh, really do appreciate you taking up the time. If folks do want to find you. EOS without fear, a bunch of point, point them in the right direction so that we can make sure that we share that with uh, with, with yeah, folks that are uh, listening. If you want to follow uh, without fear, so we are at without fear co on most social media platforms, um, and we have our website yeah, yeah. Um, withoutfearco.com. Uh, if you want to, want to have a conversation about EOS, uh, then you can look me up in the implemented directory as Dan Williams, or I have a website danwilliams.coach. They will direct you potentially to without fear as well. It's supposed to, so hopefully it does. 
but I'd, I'd, <laughs> so I'd love get it, get it all um, together. Love most of all, for people to just to to get behind the message of without fear. I'm I'm still passionate about my EOS practice, obviously, but I I think there is a lot of work to be done, uh, and the, yeah, my only goal there is to start a conversation. Well, and they, and they come together nicely, and uh, get on LinkedIn, grab it because because Dan's very very active there. Uh, we get to see a lot, and, and that's where I find him most of the time, and uh, very inspiring, and, and always a great reminder of what's going on. And how to put things in perspective. So, so Dan, thanks for sharing that all the time as well. This has been great. Dan, thank you so much for joining us on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. It's been my pleasure to have you on board. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks again. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you. Yeah, have a great day. The Grow Your Damn Business podcast is hosted by Scott Goodrich, a professional EOS implementer. To learn more about EOS and how it might help grow your damn business, you can email Scott at scott.goodrich at eosworldwide.com or check out his website, at www.eosworldwide.com forward slash Scott hyphen Goodrich. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. If you found this conversation valuable, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. We will see you next week on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast.